Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,328. If you can dream it, you can do it. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from Billericke, UK. Did I say that right, Richard? You did, yes. There we go, Richard Francis. Richard, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I sure am. All right. Richard Francis has been producing his blog, MotorsportForMentalHealth.com, since 2015. He created the blog to raise awareness for mental health issues within the automotive community to help others who are going through some difficult times within the automotive community and motorsports. Having suffered himself with a mental breakdown at the age of 19 in January of 2013, he discovered that pursuing motorsports encouraged him to push through his challenges, his fears, and his insecurities. And as a result, he started his own business, traveled around the world, expanded his social relationships, and became a better and stronger version of himself. I love this story. I can't wait to dive into this. Richard, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you, kind of a teaser to get things going here today. Could you take a brief moment before I jump into the questions and share a little bit more about your career and a very obvious passion that you have for automobiles and motorsport? Yeah, it's definitely a passion. And um, Motorsport for Mental Health is very much a passion project. It's given me some wonderful opportunities, such as coming onto this podcast. And uh, as you say, it's allowed me to travel the globe, meet some wonderful people, and hopefully the blog has put a smile on people's faces, which uh, which is all I can ask of it, really. Well, absolutely. You know, this is near and dear to my heart because a lot of the reason I started the Cars Yeah! podcast was to promote others and help others who aren't having fun in the field of motorsports and cars and trucks and bikes and help them realize that there's a lot of people on this planet that have figured out how to have careers in it and have a really fulfilling life. So I think this is really great. It ties into what Cars Yeah! is all about, and I love helping people, and that's what you do, Richard. So as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah! So Richard, take the wheel. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Enzo Ferrari once said, if you can dream it, you can do it. And that's (laughs) very much been something that I've sort of lived my life towards. Yeah, absolutely. How have you incorporated that into what you're doing now with your blog? Well, just some of the different places I can go. So I went to Formula Drift Atlanta earlier this year, which, you know, I I never thought in a million years I'd have the confidence to do to go that far by myself. But I thought, no, this is something I want to do. And this is something I'm going to do. And uh, as it goes, if you can dream it, you can do it. If you think about something that you want to do with enough work and enough motivation, it can be done. You know, it's absolutely true. And I love that quote by him. In fact, I like it so much that I created a meme. I bought a a set of uh, tiles, Ferrari tiles that actually came out of the Ferrari factory. And if you go to the old Ferrari factory, you'll see these yellow tiles that have the Cavallino horse in the center of the tile. And I bought a set of these from a guy, ended up giving them away as a Christmas present. But I took some pictures of them and I created a meme using that quote on that tile uh, to uh, commemorate Enzo Ferrari and that saying. And 
It's a bit cliche, but it's absolutely true. And I think uh, as we go through this talk with you today, you're living proof that, you know what, if you can dream it, you can do it. You just got to want to hard enough and you got to find a way to do it, but you can make it happen. I would love to go back in time and have you share a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were indeed a car guy? Oh, I was always into cars. Even baby pictures of me. I I had a little plushy NASCAR thing that I used (laughs) to cuddle. That's always been a thing. Um, I I was raised by my mum and nan, and both of them has always said that I'd walk down the street in the pram. Or, you know, they'd walk me down the street in the pram mm-hmm. and I could name the different cars as I went along. So <laughs> it, cool. it's always been something that I've been interested in. And it's always something that everyone around me has said, oh, yeah, he's going to be into cars. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, I've talked to so many people now on this podcast and a lot of people say the same thing. And I wonder if there's some, I don't know if they've ever identified the car genetic DNA strand <laughs> that must flow through all of us. but. You wonder what it is that certain people are attracted. There's a lot of people that don't like cars. They don't care about cars. I mean, most of my family, uh, whatever, yawn. My dad kind of instilled it because he had a 49 MGTC when I was Ooh. a little boy. That's what well, bit talk me. Talk about more about that later. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah. That car I found very cool. And I'll tell you why, Richard, is because it was right-hand drive. So I would drive, sit in the left side. He had a spare steering wheel that he would let me hold. And we would pull up next to people. They looked down and see this five, six-year-old kid driving the car. And then I'd, I'd hold the steering wheel up and laugh. And they'd laugh and go, oh, that's pretty funny. But uh, that's what did it for me. But uh, I think uh, going up and down the street and what you over there you call the pram, um, which oh, for yeah, some sure. of our is listeners may go, may go, what is a pram? Is there another word for that there then? Well, uh, describe what a pram is for us, uh, us Yanks over here. It's a frame on wheels and there'll be a padded section inside it and that's where you put a baby a buggy a baby buggy or a a stroller yeah yeah okay i've learned something new today (laughs) yes a baby buggy or a stroller i guess the stroller would be what most people call it on this side but pram yeah it's been a long time since i've heard that term and when you first said it i went what is he talking about and i started oh he was a little okay it's a stroller a pram okay (laughs) (laughs) there you go well, now we know over here, we know sometimes we have to be educated a little bit because you guys have been around a little longer than we have. So, uh, yeah, most definitely. Well, I always ask my guest, Richard, about a challenge or a failure. And I have a feeling this is where we're going to dive into some mental health challenges that you've had and why you've embarked on this situation. So I'd love for you to take us down that road. But more importantly, what did you learn from that, the positive outcome that came out of that, which I think is fantastic? So kind of walk us through this journey of yours, if you would. I think the biggest challenge I've faced, obviously, like I, I had a mental breakdown in 2013. I had fantastic parents and I had a great support network through them, which allowed me to sort of start my business and build myself back up and work slowly towards getting back into the swing of it, becoming a a good member of society again. However, some of my friends and some of my social circles weren't as supportive with what I was trying to do. And I think that can really knock a person's self-confidence and a belief in their ability. And I know that everybody has people that they know that they can say, yeah, that's not a cool person, but you've got to learn to cut them out of your life. And um, 
you know, surround yourself with good and positive people. And I think when once you've surrounded yourself with good, positive people who really push you to be the best you can be and to push yourself, yeah. then you really start becoming successful. Yeah, absolutely. Mental health can be a delicate subject because for many people, I believe, they don't quite understand it. They they think, look, if you're having challenges in this way, just snap out of it. Come on, just buck yourself up. Get back to work. Do what you got to do. But that can't be done so easily. So I would love for you, if you can, kind of help those out there that don't understand it, have never been around it or experienced it or been around somebody that's had mental health issues. Maybe you can help us understand a little bit more what that's like to go through. And for those folks that weren't so supportive, I'm wondering, did they just not understand or were they afraid? Were they just not great people? Were they not true friends? Uh, Because I think for a lot of people, mental health scares us because we think it's something we can't grasp or get our hands around. Or if it happens to us, how do we deal with it? I mean, you get a cold, you take medicine, you blow your nose, you get over it. Very different deal with mental health issues. So can you kind of help us understand that a little better? Definitely. It's as though your mind is fighting your body a lot of the time. So. Say, for instance, you have really bad anxiety. So you have panic attacks and things like that. And you, you, and you, you find yourself, you can't leave the house. Sorry, I'm stuttering. Um, it's like in your head, you know, if you go outside, absolutely nothing bad will happen to you. But something inside your brain switches off and you become incredibly fearful of going outside. How do you, how do you deal with that? And I know it's not as simple and we can't deal with this issue on a short show like this. But I remember my dad once when I was little, and my listeners have heard this, I was afraid of something. And he said, you know what, Mark, fear is an acronym for false evidence assumed real, meaning what you think might happen is an assumption, but it's not real. And that's what you just said to me, is something in your brain says, don't go outside, that's going to be scary, or something's going to happen. But you know that it's not. But you're you're fighting with yourself. You said that earlier. Your brain is fighting with your body in some way. So what are some of the coping mechanisms that you try to instill so that you can work through that and pass that so you don't end up just sitting in your room all day and not doing anything? Your dad absolutely nailed it with that acronym. Um, the best thing I've always found is you've got to push through it, but you've got to push through it prepared. So if... I'm doing something and I find everything's a little bit overwhelming. I see five things or I I list off five things I can see, four things I can hear, three things I can touch, two things I can smell, and if applicable, one thing I can taste. And that's called earthing. So as long as you know that you're in control of your senses, you're in control. Wow. Um, I've never heard of that before. That is very interesting. Does that, in essence, what you're saying is like what my father taught me. It's teaching your brain that these things you're worried about are not real because you're, you're grounding yourself. Earthing is a great way to say it. Is is that, that's a coping technique? It is. Yes. Ah. Um, So uh, if ever I'm in a spot now, I do that and I just focus on my breathing. Ah. Breathe in through the mouth. Uh, no, yes. breathe in through the nose and out yes. through the mouth. Out through the mouth. Yeah, just nice deep breaths. You know, I've had friends that have had to deal with anxiety issues, and I've been with them during those 
times and you look at them and you're going, well, what, what's happening? Why are you, why are you freaking out? You know, and it, it, it couldn't be a number of things. It doesn't matter what it is, but it's something. And one of the things that most of these friends that have dealt with is a breathing technique that they'll just stop, close their eyes, focus and breathe, get some oxygen into their brain and take a deep breath and just try to let it out of what is bottled up inside, I guess. But let me ask you this question. If, if somebody out there listening is dealing with that and they've not talked to anybody about it, they're holding it all in, which has got to be a horrible thing to deal with. What would be your advice for somebody who's, who's dealing with anxiety, depression, any kind of mental health issue? You've got to talk to someone. Hands down, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to talk to someone. You know, I, I appreciate that not everybody wants to go to their friends or to their parents about this sort of thing, but go and see your doctor. They're the best people that are qualified to do this. They're not going to think you're strange or weird. No matter what the symptoms are, they're going to be understanding. They're going to be able to point you in the direction of what yeah. you need to do. Yeah, very, very important. Absolutely. It, it's like anything. I always say, whether it's a serious issue like a mental health issue or it's even a minor issue that's just kind of niggling away at you, eating away at you. If you just talk to somebody who's willing to listen and have some empathy for it, maybe not just jump in and tell you how to fix it. Because us us men, I think us men as guys tend to want to just fix stuff. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I've learned that over 35 years of being married to my wife. Many times she'll say, I don't want you to fix it. I just want you to listen to what's happened to me. My instincts are, well, here, you should have just done this or that. And that's the wrong thing to say. It's always the wrong thing to say. So go to a good listener, find a good listener in your life. And you know what? Many times it could be a female in the case of being a man, because they are better listeners, I think. Females are definitely more empathetic. Definitely. Um, men are great and men are can, can be empathetic. And with some things, you don't want to talk to a, a man about it. But sometimes a female role model or a female person can be better to speak to about it. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. That's been my experience over time. And my wife is a great listener. And sometimes I'll even talk to her about things that are bothering me. And again, as a man, I want her to give me an answer to fix it. And she won't. And then I'll say, well, don't you have any ideas for me? And she'll say, well, you didn't ask me for that. You just wanted me to listen. That's what I did. So again, it's a learning on both sides, right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you taking us down this path. It sounds like for you, you've worked through these challenges. Is this something that you completely overcome in your life? Or is it something that can come back, reoccur, or is always kind of there a little bit that you have to work with? It's always there a little bit. But as time goes on, it becomes so much easier to deal with. And that's yeah. something that I'd like to say to anyone out there who's listening, who's sort of suffering with issues and hasn't spoken to anyone about it no matter how bad it feels now it will get better like you yeah. will learn to deal with it it will get easier well thank you for those positive words and again anyone out there listening who's dealing with something like this please go seek some help a professional would be a great place to start a physician and then they can help you work through talking with family members if that's a difficult thing for you and friends. But please do seek help. Do not let this burn through your skull by yourself because it's a hard, hard thing to get through. So I appreciate you taking us to a very personal 
part of your life. Let's talk us about something that's a little fun here about your first really special vehicle and maybe a memory you have about that ride. My first really special car was a 1989 Mark III Supra Turbo. It was Ooh. silver with blue leather interior. It's absolutely lovely. Um, I think my favorite memory was it with it. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I was raised by my mum and my mum and my nan, and I got to take my nan out in it for the first time. And she had never been in a fast car before. <laughs> I, I opened it up, and there's my very conservative, very down to earth nan, and she was. Uh, she she pulled some quite entertaining faces. <laughs> it, was, it was just fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's funny. You can go on YouTube and see all sorts of great videos, especially professional race car drivers taking their spouses or someone out on a track uh, in a race car. And you just see the look on their faces like, oh, my gosh, get me out of here. Or they're screaming really and, with thrill. I found it. I really yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Very cool. Well, how about uh, seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've owned that you wish you had back? Yeah, I had a great big Mercedes W124 E-Class. It was an estate, so a TE, um, with the 2.3 litre inline four. I paid £200 for that car. 200 That's yes, it? Yes, which is, what, about $350? Well, maybe today's dollars, yeah. Yeah, um, an adventure getting it home. Let's just say that. <laughs> it had a lot of issues. The guy who had it before must have been living in it the thing was awful oh my but gosh i really tore that car down and i i put a lot of time and a lot of effort into it had it for years i had it for a good four or five years and uh yeah i sold it when i, I brought my current car which is a, a 202 c-class with a special interior in it mm-hmm. and i didn't have the space to keep both of them but i really wish i'd kept that car it was fantastic sounds like it <laughs> Very nice. not exactly cool um, it was big and brown, but yeah. <laughs> it, it was just such a fabulous thing. Yeah. You know, those little Mercedes are cool. I had a guest on the show, J.G. Francis of Mercedes Motoring. He's in Glendale, California. And uh, he was actually on my Cars yeah! TV show as well, and or he will be in the fall season, season two, I should say. But what he does is he finds really nicely well-cared-for old 70s, some late 60s and 80s Mercedes. He refreshes them and sells them, and those cars are just workhorses. I mean, they've got that marvelous engine, especially the diesels. It'll go a million miles. And he kind of gives these cars new life, uh, if you will. He doesn't do big restorations. These are cars that are loved. But he'll redo some interior things and polish up the paint and make them look like a brand new car. And they're they're just splendid cars. So oh, they're fantastic. Like tanks. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're fantastic, like classic daily drivers, even the ones from the 60s, the big stacked headlight cars. Yeah. You yeah. can still drive one every day. They're superb. Oh, yeah. I have a good friend here who lives in the Pacific Northwest, Bill, who's had several 240Ds, and uh, he just found a marvelous in Italy, a 250T wagon. Oh, lovely. only has 3,200 miles. This car was entombed in a garage that had collapsed around it, but the car was undamaged, and it sat in there for 40-plus years. And he found this car. It's a marvelous kind of a avocado green color, if you will. It's got the third rear seat. It's just a spectacular car. Uh, you'll see that if you watch the uh, Cars yeah! TV show in the fall with J.G. Francis. But check out his website, Mercedes Motoring. It's absolutely brilliant. I would love for you to talk, though, about your blog. Motorsport for Health, for Mental Health, motorsportformentalhealth.com. 
And I know that this came out of the experience you had with your mental health issues. I would love to hear about how this whole idea came up and how you're helping others through the automotive world with mental health issues. I've always been a writer. Like, um, even since I was a little kid, I was always writing stories. So I was, I knew that I wanted to blog my motorsport experiences. Like when I, I started going to racetracks and things at 16. But it was only getting ill. I linked the two together and I was like, right, okay, this is something I actually need to do. Like, I think people could benefit from, you know, like you say, blokes don't always, uh, men don't always want to talk about mental health issues. So I found this would be a good way to sort of spread a bit of awareness, to get people talking, to get people to have those conversations. And it's amazing. When you speak to people, how many people have personal stories and how many people have been affected by different things? And they don't always talk about it. But I think it's great to get those conversations started within these little sort of car clubs and, you know, grassroots motorsport events to get people speaking and to, you know, there, there could be somebody amongst them who is suffering and is like, I don't want to tell my friends about this. I don't want them to think they're weird. And the more commenters and people that come forward on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and they're like, hey, I really love what you're doing. I've been through this, that, and the other. If I can share those stories and if I can share my own story, then I feel that some of these guys are going to go and seek help, which is what I want them to. I mean, to to take it to the extreme, suicide is the biggest killer of males under 40 years old, or here in the UK it is, and 100% of those deaths are preventable. You know, that's that's people's sons, brothers, fathers, friends. People will be there if they reach out, but as blokes, we don't want to. Yeah. Um, so tell me with with the the blog you do. So you write you write stories every week. Uh, you put them out there, and then people can interact with you by communicating with you and talking about. And then do you reshare those stories so that other people can realize it's it's not just Richard. There's a lot of challenges out there that people are facing, and I'm not alone. With some people, I always ask permission. Some mm-hmm. stories sort of come along and you go, hey, that's really, really interesting. That's not something I, I would have covered otherwise. A young lady, funnily enough, B, she had postnatal depression. Not something, obviously, I, I can't really speak about that. It's not something that I have any experience with. It's not something I really know about. But she was kind enough to come forward and share her story with me. And hopefully some of some of my female members of the audience can get inspired by that. You know, it's that she's come through and she's she's doing fantastically as are her kids. And it's yeah. it's really nice to hear. Well, and that is such a a difficult thing I think for people to understand too, the the marvel and joy of having a child and then how could somebody be depressed about that? And not understanding what's going on in someone's body, chemicals, mental whatever it is doing that's causing those feelings. And the difficulty and the isolation a new mom can feel uh, has to be absolutely horrendous because of, why do I feel this way? I just had a baby. I should be happy. Why do I feel sad? Why do I feel depressed? So I think it's absolutely fantastic. How can people engage with you? How do they follow along with what you're doing? Um, Motorsport for Mental Health on Instagram. So that's Motorsport and then the number four Mental Health. Follow me there. I always post up new stuff. 
a lot of not necessarily motorsport stuff at the moment, but we're getting back into it. Facebook, Motorsport for Mental Health. Have a look on the website. Everything's listed on the website, all my social media channels. Just feel free to use whatever's there. Um, drop me a DM. If you can find me, do search up Richard Francis. I'm always open for friend requests and stuff like that on Facebook. I'll make sure I put links to all these things that uh, Richard has shared with us today so that you can find this. If you're dealing with something like this or a friend or family member is dealing with them, have them reach out to Richard. I think it's uh, it's a starting point, at least, that can help and encourage dialogue. And that's what we all need to do is have better communication. I always say communication is the lack of communication is the reason for our downfall. And having great communication is the key to our success. It's always when things are going wrong, it's because people are not communicating properly. And when they finally start do communicating properly, good things happen. So find out these links on motorsportformentalhealth.com, motorsport, the number four mental health on Instagram, and of course, Richard's Facebook page. You can find him there. Richard, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars yeah website at com. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah TV is available on Mav TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find Mav TV on Direct TV. Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Okay, Richard, we are back, and I'm going to put you on the analyst couch here a little bit and ask you this very important introspective question. If you were a vehicle, if you were actually manifested as a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a car, what would Richard be and why? 
I'm not sure you would have heard of this, but the Aston Martin Signet. It's a little Signet. Oh, how do you spell that? C Y G N E T. Ah, okay. okay. It's um, it was based off the Toyota IQ, which is a little sort of Japanese K car, city car type thing. But they put an Aston Martin front end on it. Fantastic project, trying to be classy and British, fell flat on its face. That sums me up. <laughs> you know, well, you know, you're you're an awesome guy, Richard, because you're very open and honest. And and the fact that you added that little sign. And as you were talking, I pulled this this uh, images of this car up, and I I went, okay, it's kind of a smart car meets a mini meets an Aston Martin meets a buggy That's or a pram. Exactly what it is. It's about the same size as a smart car. Yeah, <laughs> it just it's, went wrong. You know, well, actually, I kind of like it. I think it's very endearing, just like I find you. So, oh, you thank know, you. yeah, I I think it's pretty cool. I'll encourage people to uh, to look this up. Aston Martin Signet S or C Y G N E T. Uh, I think you might find it kind of endearing. It's kind of cool. I like the little Mini Coopers. I like the little cars. Smart cars, eh, they're okay. They look dangerous as hell to me, especially on the freeways here in the United States. They're great fun to drive, though. If you get the opportunity, they're brilliant fun to drive. I have. I got to drive one when I was in Italy at the Ferrari factory. They had a bunch of them there and let me take one out and kind of cruise around in it. I still don't know why they wouldn't let me take a Ferrari out. That still disturbs me a little bit, but uh, maybe there was some kind of story behind that one. I don't know. Well, Richard, we are ending the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that signet throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Tires are the only part of the car that touches the floor. Don't overlook them. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And they are overlooked by a lot of people. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your successes over the years? Yeah, if I really want to do something, I work at it until it's achieved. There you go. In Perfect. in any aspect of life, just got to push yeah. through. There you go. How about a resource? There are wonderful resources, including your blog, of course. Is there a resource you'd like to share with our listeners? With most of your listeners being based in the US, I thought I'd give a shout out to a good friend of mine, Mario, who runs a company called Demand Transportation Group Incorporated. Okay. Lovely bloke, works out of Florida. If you ever need anything moved, he's your man. So Demand Transportation Group Incorporated. Oh, sorry. Uh, demand. D-A-M-A-N. D-A-M-A-N. Okay. Demand. Okay. Like the man, but demand. Yeah, the man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There you go. You got to be a little cool to be able to say that company name. So D-A-M-A-N Transportation Group Incorporated. I'll make sure I put a link to your friend's website on your show notes page here in the Cars yeah website. Now, if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? Juan Manuel Fangio. I think his story, sort of doing these long distance races over gravel in Argentina is just superb. Some of the ingenuity and things that they had to do to get around the challenges they faced, I find really inspiring. Yeah, what a legacy, what an icon that guy is. I had the fortune of at least saying hello and shaking his hand. He signed a poster for me way back when he was the guest of honor at Laguna Seca during the historic races. This was probably 20 plus years ago, long time ago. And uh, he yeah, he just was kind of a bigger than life guy. Yes. Especially if you knew what he had accomplished in his racing and driving career. Very, very cool. How about a book? Is there a book you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah. Um, Enzo Ferrari, A Life by Richard Williams. Yeah. The well, biography of Enzo Ferrari, but it's 
it's told really well. It's really interesting. Yeah, fantastic book. Well, you can find all these links on Richard's show notes page here in the Cars Yeah website. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Richard Francis, F-R-A-N-C-I-S, and that page will pop right up. All right, we're up to the checkered flag. This is a fun one, Richard, but it can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet, even that little funky Aston Martin Signet, if that's the car you want. I'm guessing there might be something a little bigger and better here, but there's a couple rules to this deal. One is you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. It's the only collector car that you can have, and you have to drive it. No garage queens allowed here on Cars Yeah. I want you to take it out on those wonderful roads there in the UK. So what can I buy you today? Uh, This took a lot of time to think about, actually. Um, I think I've narrowed it down to the V12 Jaguar E-Type Coupe. Oh, nice. But you want the coupe. Yes, the 4x4. I think with that sloped back, it it looks superb. With the V12, it's powerful, can keep up with modern traffic. They're normally auto. And I think wherever in the world I end up living, that car would be suitable. Well, I think so. I mean, it's it's great in the US for, you know, long distance runs. And it's small enough and nimble enough to live in Europe and be usable. I think so. I think so. Now, the the V12, they've put that in, was it the Series 2 when they started running the V12 in the Jaguar E-Types? I believe so, yes. I think they did. And I'll tell you, when I was a kid, uh, junior high, high school, I had a detailing business. And one of my clients had a wonderful V12 Cabriolet Jaguar E-Type. And I would ride my bike down. I was living in in La Jolla, California. I'd ride down to South Mission Beach, and he would let me drive that car back to my house. The thing about that car being a convertible, he never put the top up. He had an actual hard top for it, which was somewhat rare uh, for that car, but he never put the top up on the car. It was always down. And I felt like a king driving that thing. I just loved that car. Now, the the coupe, though, what is interesting to me about that car is that is really one of the cars that started my passion for cars. My listeners had heard, have heard this ad nauseum, so put up with me here, dear listeners. My dad bought me my very first Matchbox by Lesney, British company, and it was a red Jaguar E-type coupe. And I still have it. It's look. I'm looking at it right here. It's sitting on my desk in front of me. I actually still have the box that that thing came in, oh, if you can believe so that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, wonderful I have car. a little sort of hobby restoring some of these old Lesney cars. They come up for, for sale at swap meets and boot sales and things like that. And uh, they're just lovely. I've, I've done the big Jaguar Saloon, the Mark yeah. 10, which was uh-huh. around about the same era. Yep. But yeah, it'd be nice to get a, to get the, the E-Type. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm not going to send you mine. I You can't have it, but I'll send you a picture of it outside. <laughs> How's that go? But, but I figured you want the real car, not a Matchbox by Lesney, so I'll get to work. Now, what color would you like that E-Type Coupe to be? I saw one at a show once that was silver with red leather interior. That's oh. the spec for me. Oh, man. Yeah, just an absolutely gorgeous car. And, of course, uh, we've all heard Enzo Ferrari said most beautiful car ever made was the E-Type. Uh, that's something coming from the mouth of a guy who built Ferraris. So uh, marvelous car and that V12. Oh, it's just a wonderful engine. Keeping that thing running, though, is a little bit of a bear. Keeping all those carbs in sync. But Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll send yours over with a mechanic. How's that sound? Lovely. That would be Lovely. perfect. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Richard, you've taken us on a very special ride today. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. I'm so happy you reached out to me. 
I was actually at the uh, Esoteric Open House when you reached out to me. And the last email conversations we had, I was actually at the airport waiting to come back home. Um, and we set this uh, talk up. I'm so happy that we did and that you've shared your story so we can help some folks out there that need some help and give them a little guidance. Could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the English sunset in that V12 E-type coupe, silver with red leather hides, of course? <laughs> Lovely. Um, I think it's better to try something and to know it doesn't work than to not try it and never know. Yeah, absolutely. Give everything a try, you know? Well, not everything. Some things are stupid to do, but things that are good for you, give yeah, those a, give know, those a try. Your business. Go out yes. and meet yeah. different people, go on that date, do, do what you need to do. Absolutely. And get out and see the world because the world is a fantastic place. Get over to the UK, beautiful country, beautiful people, wonderful people. Uh, shout out to all my UK listeners and my past UK guests here, inspiring automotive enthusiasts. And again, what are the best ways for people to reach out to you and learn more about what you're doing at Motorsport for Health, for mental health? Motorsport and the number four mental health on Instagram. And then Motorsport for Mental Health on Facebook. There you and go. I think my Twitter is Richard MSFMH, like Motorsport for Mental Health. Okay, cool. Awesome. I will find those, secure the right ways to uh, access you and put those on your show notes page here on the Cars Yeah website. Richard, thanks for being so generous today with your time. Calling in from across the pond, as we say, over here and over there. This has been a wonderful experience for me. I'm so happy that you've been on the show. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you, my friend, down the road. Been a pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. Cheers. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.